0: If you could invest in the internet back in the late 80s or early 90s, would you have? Metaverse investing and metaverse real estate investing is here and it's growing. And there's a huge upside for early adopters in this space. Learn from today's guest, the founder of the Metaverse Group, who invests heavily in the purchasing, developing, and leasing of metaverse land to individuals and businesses. This is Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate, where we guide you through the relentless pursuit of financial independence. I'm your host, Justin Moy, managing partner at Perpetual Wealth Capital, a multifamily real estate investing firm that lets everyday people invest passively in income-producing apartment buildings. Hey, investors, welcome back to another episode of Building Passive Income and Wealth Through Real Estate. Today, I am sitting down with Lauren Sugarman. Now, Lauren is with Metaverse Group. Now, the Metaverse Group is a leading virtual real estate company offering exposure to the real estate industry via the metaverses. They facilitate the acquisition of virtual property along with a suite of virtual real estate-centric services that are provided by pioneers of the crypto, blockchain, and NFT industries. Lauren, we are super, super excited about this episode. Thank you. It's
1: great to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to chat about one of my favorite topics, if not my favorite topic, (laughs) real estate.
0: Yeah. It's got to be such a burning passion because I mean, really talk about early adopting and just diving in with both feet to this thing. So I assume most listeners have heard of the metaverse they kind of know real estate, quote unquote, is a thing there. They maybe heard Snoop Dogg has like bought a house you know, in the metaverse. And some people are buying properties next to him. But tell us a little bit about that and how I guess the metaverse can relate as closely as possible to the physical realm when it comes to real property.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because there's so many different ways to think about it. The nice thing about Metaverse Real Estate is just like real real estate. It's not infinite. It's finite, right? It's scarce, which is awesome, which is where the value comes in purchasing this virtual real estate. The other nice thing about it is I don't have to pay for my roof with its leaks or structural damage in my foundation or any other issues. So the property management side of it, from my perspective, is quite easy and quite nice. So that's the positive side. The only property management piece that you'd run into it is if you want to change the design of your building, you're going to have to redesign it and get some software engineers to do that. But I'm not worrying about uh, leaking through my roof in the middle of the night. So that's how I think about it. But truly how I think about it is... It is no different than real estate today in the real world, in the sense that location matters. You want to be in the right location. So I just like the real world, I want to be close to the world. I want to be located near a district that's important or a hub that's important or where I'm entering this virtual world. So a lot of the same rules apply, they would apply in the real world.
0: So that's really crazy because that I think that's one thing that brought a lot of people skepticism when they thought about virtual real estate because the thought is like, well, if it's virtual, you know, can't we just code more and then I'll just expand this land and, and it doesn't matter. It's not scarce at all. But you're saying that that's not true at all. There's a finite amount. Nobody is ever planning on making more in that specific metaverse. You know, I know like sandbox I've heard is a big one. I'm sure there's a couple other big ones out there, but they have specific amounts of land. Are they measured in acres or in plots or how do they measure them? So they measure them in parcels and it varies the size of parcels between the different metaverses. So you're right to central land and
1: sandbox are the two biggest today, and I would refer to them as the market-leading metaverses out there. We own land in both those metaverses, and so typically there's parcels in Sandbox, you know, you have three by three parcels. In Decentraland, one parcel is 52 by 52. So it does vary. You know, our view is, you know, kind of trying to be the Brookfield properties or the Simon properties of the metaverse. We're buying typically large parcels of land that are contiguous. For example, in Decentraland, we own over 165 parcels or 165 parcels to be exact of fashion district land. We just bought the Music Hub, which is a its own district onto its own in Decentraland, which is 34 parcels, all contiguous. So we try and buy big chunks as opposed to one parcel at a time. We do have some one parcels at a time,
0: but predominantly it's just big chunks of land that are aggregated together. Got it. And is the metaverse group, a developer? Are you a broker? Do you do a little bit of everything, property manager? What exactly is a group like you do for it? Are people coming to you saying, hey, I'd like to buy something and you get a broker fee? Or they come and you say, hey, I have land, I want to develop something. Can you help that? And you have you know, the engineers that can create those, whatever they want to build? Or what exactly does a group like yours do?
1: I mean, I guess the way I look at it, trying to keep it short about what we're doing as a business is we look at the different metaverses, we try and determine which ones are the best. Mm -hmm. we'll buy land in those again going back to the location themes that i was sharing Mm -hmm. and then once we have that land We typically are developing that land. We have experiences that we're working on. And typically when we purchase a large chunk of land, we have an idea of what we're going to use it. We're already in discussions with different people about what the uses are for that particular piece of land. That's kind of the first step. We then develop it. So we actually have a team of engineers sitting in Malta that actually develop and build out the virtual buildings, the experiences, if there's NFT drops, whatever that is, we're doing it all. And then ultimately we rent out that land to the users, whether that's corporations, brands, people, whatever it may be. And so we'll do that. As part of our services, what we found is because we are a leader in the space is lots of people, there's individuals like you or I who just want to buy one parcel at a time. And so we have an advisory business that helps those people identify locations for themselves or if it's a smaller business or whatever it is to go and buy that piece of land. And then ultimately They'll help them if they want to build on that land, build on that land. And so we do have that kind of brokerage services business that is there to help anyone with the concept of building, where should I build, which metaverse, all that type
0: of stuff. And that's so important, right? Because you got guys like me who are experts in the physical real estate, but I wouldn't know what the hell I'm buying you know, in any metaverse over there. So people like you step in for that. I want to go back to what you said here a little bit. You had mentioned companies and brands. Because that's something that a lot of people sort of wait for. And now we're seeing movement in that space. I think it was Gucci. And I think there was one other designer brand who kind of make big news. I don't know if they were doing a shopping center or a mall or something like that. But there's a few notable brands that are now getting into the metaverse. Can you tell us what that strategy is? Is it a publicity thing for them? Are they selling virtual goods through those stores? And just like a physical store, people are going and quote unquote, walking into their store and purchasing something through NFTs or how are businesses using the metaverse? The answer is it's very
1: varied. And so what you'll see is, frankly, some are doing it as publicity stunts. I would say initially that was more frequent. I think now most of these believe that they're, it's an omni-channel experience for e-commerce. And this is a channel that's going to be important and is gaining traction rapidly. And so they're going to use it to sell different items. And so to your point, you know, Samsung has a store in Decentraland. Australian Open launched for the Australian Open, and we had a tennis stadium and they did an NFT ball drop and really some really cool stuff, which was really a lot of fun and very successful. You have the fashion week that we're holding March 24th, 27th in Decentraland. I'd encourage all your listeners to come and check out Decentraland.org and experience the show. There'll be musical acts every night. And so brands like Dolce & Gabbana, Robert Cavalli, and Etro are going to be there and they're all doing frankly, different things. Some of them are, you know, go start off their summer lines. Most of them are doing NFT drops, all those types of things. And it is a real part of their business. And they're trying to get at different demographics, different people, and they're using it to showcase their creative nature. And that's the fun part about the metaverse is they're not replicating their stores in the real world. It's like, they make this fun, make this creative. So there's lots of neat stuff. I can't divulge all the neat stuff that's going on because I get uh, in trouble, but it's real and it's not going anywhere. You've seen McDonald's announce there's trademarks in it. So it's happening more and more
0: every day. Yeah. That's so crazy because I think that's something that, you know, makes it real for a lot of people. And because some people do follow, even for investing in the physical space, I've heard people say, oh, if I I buy a home, if there's at least two Starbucks within a three mile radius, you know, they use those as benchmarks. And so that's something that, hey, that does lead a lot of people's decisions. And so as they're opening up and these bigger brands that spend millions and millions of dollars a year on research and just making these good decisions, some people just follow along and that just continues that growth. Earlier in the episode, you had said something that I think might puzzle some people, and that was... Strangely enough, that location matters a lot in the metaverse. In the real world, you know, we see that, of course, because people work in an office and they want to be downtown. They don't want to drive; they want to be able to walk wherever they go. And you know, you see downtown values skyrocket, things like that. In the metaverse, are you traveling? You know, and where those factors are to be considered, or this might be a different question. You know, uploading and downloading yourself in different areas so it's instant. You know, where exactly role does the location play if? this virtual life is more so instantaneous? It's a great question. It's one I get all the time. So for example, in some of these
1: metaverses, you can't transport yourself from location to location. So you're forced to walk through the metaverse. And in some of these metaverses, you just go to a specific location and that's it. But for example, in Decentraland, you come in from the spawning area, Genesis Plaza, in the top left corner, typically on the desktop, at least on my desktop, is the map. And you can jump to, for example, Vegas City or Crypto Valley or Festival Land or whatever it may be that you choose. And so you're right. There's an element of that where maybe location matters a little less because of those pieces. On the flip side, what we believe is my neighbors are going to matter. And if you're in a, you know, for example, a Dolce Gabbana store, in Decentraland, and next door is the Chanel store. I'm going to walk around on the road and look at all those different interesting stores and look at what type of wearables they have in their storefronts and all that type of stuff. So, my neighbor matters. My location matters. I'm on the street. Am I going to be able to see you as I'm walking along and see your brand hanging up? No different, like I said, than the real world. So, to me, I do think location matters. Does it matter a little less? Maybe there's an argument about it. I would use the analogy Samsung opened up a store. That wasn't typically in the locations that places are, and it was able to draw people to it based on the experience and based on it's a Samsung store, sure, but I think sure. location will matter. And that's a unique experience and it's different because we're in early days, but over time me as an individual, I'm going to probably want to be living close to the Dolce again and no different than I'm going to want to be close to a Starbucks. And the final pieces on this that I'll leave it to you is like, one of the things we're contemplating as the metaverse group is to build out a really neat luxury experience and clubhouse type experience where those people that buy condos, in my experience, will get unique utility from whoever is in my whatever store is in the bottom of that.
0: So there are different reasons why you'd want to be located in different places. Got it. And so when you talk about like that unique utility, is it thing like wearables or different features that you can have or exactly what kind of things are people benefiting from? Are they, you know, maybe sneak peek to certain NFTs or what does that exactly mean? Like, what are they getting? Let's say I want to buy in your high-end location. What kind of Perks could that give somebody?
1: I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It can be everything and anything like you described. It could be, I'm in that whole location, and so I get to go and walk into XYZ brands' special. collection. And I get a special viewing of that brand that I wouldn't have ever gotten or ever had a chance to get in my life. It could be, I get to sit down and like, it's a famous musical artist and I get to sit down and have dinner with that musical artist in LA. It really can be all over the map and there's plenty of that stuff happening and it's just a ton of fun and people are really enjoying it. And so those unique experiences are important because we want the community. We want people to come back. We want people to have fun with this because it's meant to be fun.
0: Yeah. That's really awesome. I mean, And I think it's so much different than I saw in a news article, I think Facebook may have been or meta now was introducing like these kind of virtual meeting spaces where you're not on zoom anymore. You're like in, I don't know if it's their version of the metaverse or whatever. And you have your little avatar and you're having meetings and now it's sprung into so much more of like, you could have communities and high-end communities and suburbs, and you can have pick your neighbors and different brands integrate with it. So it's just growing so much. And I think that's part of the issue is that it's growing so fast. People can't keep up with it and they don't know what's going on next. And then there's some people who are still say, hey, if I can't hold it, I'm not interested in it. So tell us where is most of the money made, or at least in your opinion, maybe this is in the future, in real estate? Is it buying and renting it out? Is it flipping plots of land? Is it in the development space, which is a totally different skill set than having a physical architect, now you have to have a software architect or something like that. What are most people doing and where do you see it going?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, our belief is the most value is to build on the land that we own and create amazing experiences and amazing virtual experiences and allow those people to participate, allow individuals to come and participate on our land. And our view is we're going to buy the land, build it out and hold it for a very long time because we're sitting here back in the 1800s. And as one of my... uh, Partners loves to say to me, could you imagine owning Rodeo Drive in the 1800s, those types of things, or Manhattan you know, in the 1800s? And that's what we're trying to do here. So we're not selling. You know, certainly, there are people that are buying and selling. And you might see us sell
0: in an occasional piece of land, but our view is this is a buy, build, and hold strategy. Yeah. You know, if somebody's out there and they're saying, you know, hey, yeah, I, I want to invest in virtual real estate. You know, whether actively or passively, because I'm going to say not a lot of real estate investors now have that software engineering capability or knowledge, or they don't really know those things. How much money do you need? Like, How much do plots of land go for? Are they millions of dollars, a couple thousand? How much money should somebody have before they are a pretty solid contender to start investing in virtual real estate? And once they have that money set aside, What's the step? Is it a website? What's the step, and how much money should somebody have to be a pretty serious contender to be a good investor in this space?
1: Yeah, so I think today, uh, baseline you know, call it buy of one parcel land would be 10 to 15 grand. You know, you could go again, very easy, go to the Decentraland Marketplace, which is on their website, and you can see all the different plots of lands that are available for sale. They're listed there, pick one off and buy it. And you know, like I said call it 10 or 15 grand. And then to develop that parcel of land, again, depending on how much you want to do, what type of experience you want, probably is around 10 grand to develop that parcel of land. And as far as ongoing costs, there really are very limited ongoing costs, To having that land. The question is, then do you want to change the build at different times? Do you want to do some cool designs? Do you want to have some fun with it? And so that will obviously cost additional money if you choose to do some neat stuff or choose to change it every month or whatever it may be. But that's a starting package is the way I refer to it.
0: Got it. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me and then it depends on what the goal. I'm sure a lot of these businesses and these big brands have a lot of ongoing costs because maybe every month they're changing the theme or they have holiday themes and things like that because people are driving traffic there. But I really like the thought of it. you know, I've heard some people say the way that kind of the big doubters in the space or you know when the internet was being created what, 30, 40 years ago, it was the same thing. You see clips of news outlets going, What the hell is this? You know, this is ridiculous. It doesn't exist. You're getting scammed into something. And now, you know, that's kind of come full circle. The world, would you have invested in the internet 40 years ago? And everyone goes, Of course I would have. And now it's like, okay, well, here we are. Are you ready or not? So I really like the value here and what your group does really walks people through that process. So how can people get a hold of you, your company, and what type of people should get in contact people who are looking to buy land or put to develop, or what kind of people do you want to get in touch with? We love talking
1: to people, happy to talk to brands, to,
0: you know, people that want
1: to buy real estate, people that want to rent real estate. We obviously are passionate about what we're doing. We have a great team. And love hearing from everyone. You know, the best way to do it is, frankly, come to our website, reach out through our website, or send an email to info at metaversegroup.com. That's simple. And love to chat
0: with anyone. So it's exciting times and it's fun times. Absolutely. And listeners, we're going to put those resources in the show notes. And while you're there, if you haven't already and you're still interested in physical real estate, make sure you download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Building Generational Wealth and Passive Cash Flow through Multifamily Real Estate. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really, really informative. And I'm sure a lot of people still have questions and they're going to have those for a while, but thanks for sharing your knowledge. And we're excited to have you on maybe another time as well as this continues to develop. My pleasure. would
1: love to come back and really enjoy talking about it and love talking about it all the time. So anytime.